0: Welcome to Breaking Free. I'm Rania Kurdi, a transformational life coach, comedian, and mother of two. And you can join me weekly to hear some intimate self-reflections and conversations with inspirational friends and guests from all around the world, sharing what they needed to break free from in order to live a life of purpose. I'm very excited today to introduce you to Peter Barlow, Fellow of the Royal Society of Arts, my professor at Drama School back in 1995, and presently the Executive Director of Sharjah Performing Arts Academy. Hello, Peter. Thank you for coming on to Breaking Free.
1: Hi, Rania. Lovely to connect with you again.
0: Peter could you just tell us a little bit uh, about being a fellow of the Royal Society of (laughs) Arts because not everybody's going to know what that is and um, it's an amazing award granted to individuals that um, the Royal Society you know gives to judges (laughs) that have outstanding achievements to social progress and development so can you tell us a little bit of how you got that and what that meant to
1: you? Well Being a member of that uh, organisation, which used to be called the um, Royal Society of Arts and Manufacturing, would you believe in its first, (laughs) in its first iteration? Yeah. Well, and and it it sort of came out of the Industrial Revolution and was um, was kind of a group that was formed for craftspeople and people people Mm. who were involved in um, in the development, particularly of Art-space subjects, so designers, architects, artists, and so on. Um, uh, based in London, it's been around say for a long time. There's an application process. Um, they are actively involved in the promotion of arts in particular now um, throughout the world. Uh, there's um, there are groups of people who get together to look at new innovations and creativity within the arts. Um, it's a great organisation to be connected with because you're because you're meeting people not not just from your own you know your own field. You're meeting people with, who have diverse um, experience and qualifications, um, and and it's great to collaborate and share with different. With with different people on on some of the projects that um, that are promoted by that by the Royal Society. Um, so wow. I'm I'm yes I'm a proud member of, um, RSA.
0: amazing. And you've you've been an actor as well, and then a professor, <laughs> and now your executive director. It's it's interesting, I think for anyone out there that is interested in performing arts to to see the different you know the varieties of what you can do possibly if you know you start off as an actor
1: a long time ago um, way back in the um, in the 20th century Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, I trained as an actor at a college called Rose Rose Bruford College which is just outside of London notable alumni Gary Oldman um I'm sure there are many others, but he seems to be a kind of world-famous um, name, and he was uh, there at the same time as me. Um, it's it, it was a lovely college, um, uh, and that's where I started as a professional actor. And I left there, and I went and I worked as, an, as a jobbing actor, I suppose you'd call it, um, getting work where as and where I could around the country. I was lucky enough to be um, relatively permanently employed as an actor for maybe three or four years before I started doing some educational projects and some directing. And um, so during the eighties, I suppose I had a kind of a mixed, what I would call a mixed portfolio career of um, doing professional acting jobs, working as a director, sometimes teaching. Uh, um, And then in the late, I suppose it was the late 80s, that I was offered a job running an art centre. And I think that's where I started Mm. getting um, administrative skills, because obviously if you're running an art centre, you have to be involved in all sorts of different um, aspects. You can't just be doing the creative work, you have to be doing the kind of, to look after the budgets, look after the the, uh, the human resources, and so on. Uh, and after that, after being in an art centre, I went and started directing projects at drama schools. Uh, and um, mm. I worked at Italia Conti uh, Academy of Live and Recorded Arts, Southampton University. Um, whole variety of different places where I was um, asked to go in as a freelance director. And then in 19, in the early 90s, um, I was head of acting at um, Academy of Live and Recorded Arts and then at Guildford, which is where I met you. Uh, yeah, and <laughs> thank we were you. lucky to have you. And then from, from there I stayed. <laughs> I thought, you know, when you're, when you have a, a sort of an acting career, you think in terms of only ever staying somewhere for a relatively short space of time. So, up until that point, mm. I'd only been, I think the longest contract I'd had was about one or two years. And then when I arrived at Guildford, I ended up staying 16 years.
0: <laughs> wow, was that yeah. 16 years? So, that
1: was a bit crazy. Because I didn't... Yeah, so we
0: yeah, were your absolutely. first students. First, First students at Guildford.
1: Um, and then, mm. yes, say I, I stayed there 16 years and then left Guildford in 2010 mm. and became freelance again for a little while, which was exciting. So I was um, doing some directing work, and that's when I worked as a professional judge on the Olivier Awards. And in 2011, I saw nine, 90 90 um, productions in the West End in one year. So, oh my yeah,
0: Because goodness, we were amazing. obviously
1: we we obviously had to see everything that wanted yeah. to be nominated yeah. for. Olivier Awards.
0: So how do you get chosen to be a professional
1: judge? Um, I think they've changed the criteria now and they only use people who actually apply um, for um, the sort of, you know, audi- people people who are keen audience members, I think, now. Um, mm. But back then, I was approached by the um, by the chief executive of the Society of London Theatres and asked if I would... on the panel
0: do you feel this sort of career is something that you can't plan yourself it's just um chance really where it takes you if you end up a professor or if you end up you know head of an arts center or if you make it as an actor and become you know like Gary Oldman um a name in film it's not something you can plan is what it feels like
1: I don't know. I mean, I, th- I think there are some people who have that have a really good single minded approach and they, they're they absolutely um, focused on one uh, one goal, if mm. you like, and that is success as an actor or a director or whatever it might be. But they have a single minded approach. I think that's that's People like Gary Oldman, um, people who trained at Guildford, have had that, and they've had really successful careers that that have, um, you know, uh, yeah, lon- longevity in a particular. Um, niche of of the performing arts I don't think I was ever like that I think I was always a bit of a um a pick and mix kind of person I think
0: I'm like you <laughs> I don't say no to things so I yeah, end up doing exactly. things I hadn't planned to do and then that takes me on a whole other you know exactly and I think
1: that's just journey. that that's just different personalities different mm. requirements um so no did I plan to be where I am now no uh, I'm not sure that you could ever plan that Mm. um it's just it's fallen into place I've picked up over the last 30 years I've picked up a variety of different experiences which has given me the skills to to be able to do what I do now
0: I kind of feel like when you do plan and you ignore other things they could be the things that are your purpose they are the things that are leading you to you know mm. where you're meant to go so I've I, find it difficult to resist that but then again you do see success when people are sort of single minded about things.
1: I think I have to say we're as a as a group of people who work in this industry we're incredibly privileged in that the work that we do whatever that might be um, is something that we want to do something that we um, enjoy doing so we have that kind of that that attitude of living to work rather than working to live, which is, which for most people is is what they have to do, is they, is, is their work life is not necessarily as important as their uh, leisure life and their home life. You know? yeah. Whereas for us, I think um, we get such satisfaction out of the, the, the work that we do, mm. whatever that be- might be, because it's creative. Know, there-
0: But there is another side to it in that, let's say, you really, really want to be an actor that does a variety of roles or particular juicy roles, but you spend your life playing one thing over and over. Or you might be in the same production for years and years and years and it's not satisfying, but, you know, it's work, so you keep doing it.
1: The, the same soap opera, you mean? or um, No, yeah, I think the soap same... opera,
0: at least, is exciting that they're changing the storylines all the time. But let's say a musical True. where you're just doing it over and over every night, every matinee. Your friends have different time schedules, so you don't get to see them. Or you're doing yeah. it on tour for five years, for instance. So you don't actually get to do your day-to-day things or see your family or do your laundry or, <laughs> you know, all the normal
1: things. But I think that's why I come back to, you know, in order to in order to cope with perhaps the elements of the work, which Mm. can be tedious and difficult, you have to love what you're doing.
0: Mm.
1: You know, you kind of it's um, and you put up with you put up with those things you put up with the tediousness of it because 60% 60% the of the jackpot. time. Well, <laughs> um, I think sometimes, yeah, but also it, I think it's fair to say that, that most of the time what you do has has more positives than negatives. Yes. You know, and I think it's, I, you know, the stamina needed to do eight shows a week for, and, and then if you're in a musical and you decide to stay on contract for two or three years, um, the kind of... What you have though is you have a kind of a working community of people who are doing exactly the same and they're all, they're, they become your family, they become your friends. Mm.
0: Well, Peter, what made you join a drama school? Not many young men um, do go to drama school, it's mostly it's mostly females and, and, and um, it's the same goes for dance. Uh, I mean they're needed and it's a great job to be an actor but for some reason it attracts more more females and I remember that a lot of the the guys that we had in our year sort of said oh we thought it'd be nice opportunity to kiss lots of girls or to (laughs) have roles where you know they're going to get to do that (laughs) so what Um, is it that interested you in going to drama school?
1: I well i I certainly didn't go to drama school. To kiss (laughs) the girls. girls. (laughs) I think, um, going back, uh, I used to be um, involved in a lot of amateur dramatics when I was growing up, and school plays, and um, being connected with theatre and art you know, sort of, yeah, doing plays, doing plays. I think that's. But how did um, that
0: come about? You know, what know. was part of your character know. that was in because, because you seem quite quiet.
1: When I was 11, yes. um, I, I wanted to be a vet. So I went mm. and worked for a vet's for a while uh, as a kind of Saturday kid, you know, working mm. at a vet's, which you could do in those days, but I don't think you could do it now, um, and sort of helped out. A local, local veterinary surgeon. I still retain a, a massive interest in animals, and domestic and wild. But um, but I don't know. I just I kind of got the bug, and then then I, my parents insisted that I got a proper job. So I went to teacher training college for eleven weeks. Um, when I first left um, school, and hated every minute of it. So I dropped out after eleven weeks and went off and did a whole load of things. I went to America. I worked in um, various jobs in London. Um, I worked for a builder, I, you know, just a whole kind of, hmm. a whole load of things until um, till I was about 20, 21. And that's when I went to drama school because I couldn't find anything that I felt right doing. Hmm. I can't yeah
0: yeah so you remembered the one thing that did work for you yeah exactly that yeah Yeah. and
1: I was never really that academic at school um and I think that's that's the case for many people who find themselves moving into um you know the, the performing arts and practical aspects of of uh creation and imagination
0: and then early on in your career you married an actress Amanda Fawcett
1: oh I did yes were you
0: both at drama <laughs> school together or how no, did that happen
1: I met Amanda in the early 80s when she was trying to get into drama school she came to me for audition classes at the time I was working in um in a place in Wiltshire Devices in Wiltshire and um and she knew I was a acting specialist director or she found out cause I was doing some summer schools and things. And she said, would I help her with her audition speeches? Um, and I said, yeah. And I think at the time I charged her five pounds per session. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and so we went through all her audition speeches and, um, and we talked about interview technique and um, i helped to get into drama school and then she went to drama school for um in 85 and graduated in 88 and went straight into a major tv series and then she worked for as an actress for about um 10 12 years and then we had children and now she's um she teaches professional skills at lane theatre arts in london
0: With a career like acting, where, you know, it's not nine to five, you need to be with someone who understands that, that's not going to get irritated and upset by you not being at home in the evenings or you can't make plans together for holidays or going to somebody's wedding. Is it the same sort of like, you know, with surgeons? Surgeons have to marry surgeons and actors have to marry actors. Did you find it difficult or was it really?
1: I think possibly that because we weren't both actors together, because I think sometimes two actors together, it can be really, really difficult because mm. you have a kind of a single-mindedness and, 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 and in a way, it's almost like a selfishness because you want to progress your own career. Mm. Um, and that can be difficult because you haven't got I'm, I'm not saying it is for everybody but but certainly I've seen that where it's been difficult for some people to really um stay connected with each other stay friends
0: yeah so it balanced it it out become... that you were teaching perhaps and she yeah, was acting I and think so eventually she started teaching
1: but we've always mm. been you know we've always been uh close we've always talked about lots of, you know, the things that we do, and we've also worked together. And I think that helps, the fact that Mm. we've done projects together and have been able to do that. That's the other thing, has been able to do that without it compromising our kind of, our personal relationship.
0: And how does it feel when somebody you've helped or taught you know, receives an award or you see them in a TV series. So for instance, you helped her with her auditioning, she finished drama school and there she was in a TV series. Also in 2018, I believe Mike um Gibson supporting actor uh in in Hamilton, yeah. King George, uh received an Olivier Award. And and then a year after that uh, you had one of your students, Cobner Holbrook Smith, receive um Best yeah. Actor. Uh, as an Olivia award as well for Tina, Tina Turner. How does that feel? That's and fine. are you kind of sitting there watching, thinking, oh, will they mention me in the speech when they thank everyone? <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, absolutely not. <laughs> it's wonderful, actually, you know, and I think that's the greatest satisfaction is when people that you've been involved with um, or uh, and and trained or had some part in their development as human beings And they go off and they become successful, not just in the profession, but in their in their own personal lives as well. Um, and, And maybe sometimes even doing doing kind of entirely different things. There's you know, there's graduates who've gone off and done entirely different things. There's a graduate called Dr. Emily Grossman, who's um, who's a scientist now and uh, has written a book for children on understanding science. So I'm I'm immensely proud of the of the people I train, or have a, had a part in their in their development. It's it's great, and it's great to pe- see people doing so well.
0: I imagine it's just as exciting or joyful as you know watching yourself in something um, watching someone else that you've taught be in something
1: I never liked watching myself no, no.
0: <laughs> most actors don't
1: no. I think you always think no. I could
0: have done better or oh, well, I don't know I look like that or yeah
1: afraid so that's it always mm. <laughs>
0: I find that I enjoy playing characters that are so far from myself that then I can enjoy watching them because I don't feel that they're me. I, you know, I even talk about them like they're someone else.
1: Yes. I, d- I certainly don't like watching myself doing presentations. You know, if I have to do any presentations to, um, you know, to students or to um, going on to conferences and standing up in front of uh, the, the great and the good of the theatre world. Mm. and um, and talking about a subject that's not fun. <laughs> yeah.
0: And so the personal question that has to come up. Mm-hmm. What did you think of me as a young actress? Do you remember <laughs> anything standing out or
1: I I tell you what I remember about you is that you were always a really positive person at uh, um when you were at Guildford and the you were you were um, prepared to face challenges and um, you sort of immersed yourself very much in the training and in, in everything that was, was thrown at you.
0: And I can't really remember House of Bernarda-Alba who directed that for us. Oh,
1: you were very good in that. I oh, seem thank to you.
0: Remember. I was the nasty
1: sister. You were the, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I,
0: and I do like playing, playing of... all those roles. I remember... Someone else that was acting with me, one of my colleagues, always liked playing the nice person that was liked. I like playing the person that's hated.
1: (laughs) You were the bitter sister, that's right. Did you have a good time at drama school?
0: The first year was awful, absolutely awful. And then I began to enjoy my second and third year. I think um, I'd come from a performing arts course at college, Right. and I felt it was really really good and um, I did very very well there and I was very ambitious and I was the only one that got into drama school and then at drama school I felt like we were all just a number and it was all about you know getting to class on time and being put under pressure and um, we were also mixed with the musical theatre course so it wasn't about acting as much as a lot of it was the stuff I didn't like <laughs> in musical theatre <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: and and it and, it, you know, it was a lot of see me, 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 me loudness and prancing about and being a darling. And that's not what I kind of was interested in as a serious actress. you know. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought, what on earth is this? And then I did my neck in and I had to have um, therapy for that. And I couldn't come in for three weeks. Know. And then so that threw me. And then after that, they thought I had glandular fever. So I had to miss another two weeks. And then I started getting attitude from students and teachers like like I wasn't committed. So I felt very misunderstood because I am the most committed and the most ambitious. And then suddenly I seem like the lazy one that didn't care. So I had a hell of a year and I was told, you know, I don't think, Rania, you're going to make it here and we don't see you continuing. And so when I did come back after, you know, in the next term, they were quite shocked and they said, you've got a lot of guts, actually, to you know still be here we didn't expect you to I hope that's before I
1: arrived
0: yes and then you (laughs) arrived and everything was different so (laughs) it was hell before that
1: oh well, that's all right then Mm.
0: yeah (laughs) (laughs) so when you met me you met me as the as the me that I felt I was but you know before that I was seen as the um, one that wasn't committed yeah
1: that's an awful feeling, isn't it? That when, when, I mean, we've been talking quite a lot about this here because that drama school's had this old attitude that you had to break people down, you had to kind of mm. you know, break them before you build them up again. And I think that's so wrong, it's so damaging for people's mental health. And that's obviously become a massive thing these days mm. is kind of looking after, making sure you look after people. But I I don't, I think people work best when they're encouraged.
0: Exactly. I don't
1: think people work best when they're discouraged.
0: Yeah. Uh, the same um, with bringing up our children as well. Parents think that if we keep telling them about all the negatives, that that will make them work harder. But that actually makes them start believing negative things about themselves and having insecurities and not daring to take risks and not feeling accepted as they are and it has really bad effects whereas if you're positive and look at the positive things and try to make those you know grow and become stronger then it really does help a child so I think it's exactly the same at drama school and that's what I didn't like about it yeah so when you talk about here, that is here in Sharjah, which we, yes. haven't, we haven't reached to, that you are now the executive director of Sharjah Performing Arts Academy, which is new and amazing by the sounds of it. I've had the pleasure to speak with your students. You asked me to um, speak. I mean, unfortunately, it was a Zoom. I can't yeah. actually be there during covid but um it just seems like the place I wish drama school was or how I'd imagined it in, in my head when I used to watch Greece. Actually that's what made me want to go to drama school. John Travolta and uh, <laughs> and Olivia <laughs> Newton John.
1: Oh wow. Uh,
0: yeah, I was like, Wow, is that what high school's like? You know, we all sing to each other and even though I didn't want musical theatre.
1: <laughs> I was gonna say <laughs> Greece inspired you, but you didn't want to be anything to do with musical theatre.
0: Yeah, I mean, I like the serious ones like Miss Saigon, Le Mis and stuff, yeah. but I don't like all the cheesy kind of, you know, <laughs> I'm just a girl who can't say no, you know, that's not the sort of thing I want to do. <laughs> no. <laughs> um so, yes, how did that come about? And for me, it was very exciting to know that you were in the Middle East making this change and yeah. you had been my teacher. You know, I don't know how many Arab students you had other than me. Um, I saw someone on the list,
1: actually. Not many. I mean, a handful, you know, five or six, maybe, yes. maximum.
0: And now you're making an impact there with with all the Arab students. Wow. Yeah.
1: Extraordinary. And what a, what a kind of... It, amazing opportunity really for for me to be able to build an academy from scratch from nothing because when I arrived here there was there was an empty building well it wasn't even a building it was a a shell you know mm. the um, foundations of a building uh, and we've had to start from nothing. so to begin with it was only me sitting in an office trying to work out how I was going to set the academy up. I was going to create it what kind of courses and programs we would have and also just trying to think about what the best things of conservatoire professional performance training were in the uk um, and bring those here and then also add in some new sort of new innovative ideas and try and move away from that kind of that process which limits creativity imagination and creativity Uh, because what was happening in the or what has happened in the uk is obviously a lot of the drama schools have aligned themselves now with universities and university academic um, standards have been imposed on um, conservatoire training and it's really difficult for those two things to mix because they're like chalk and cheese you know just as a simple you know, analogy, it's um, people who go into, people who go to university and study academic subjects don't actually make anything. They don't create anything except they reflect on what others do. They reflect on the practitioners. And what we are trying to do is create the practitioners, create the people who do rather than the people who examine what's done. Mm. Uh, And there's the Uh, And and those two things, whilst equally valuable, are two entirely different processes. So one of the first things I've done is, in a four-year BA program that we have here, is I've removed all assessments for the first year. So nobody gets examined or Mm. assessed. So they have an opportunity to um, try things out without fear.
0: Yeah, explore and be curious without feeling it's all about the grades. That's amazing.
1: Exactly. Without fear of failure, they can discover what works, what doesn't. Mm. And it's about the process that they go through as it is about the end product. It's really important for people to feel that they have the opportunity to imagine and experiment and create without thinking about how do I get the best grade. school is all about grade chasing now. It's all about, um, and schools are measured on how many people they get into university. So all they do is they focus on how can we get our students to get the best GCSE A-level results in order that they can progress into a university environment. And for people who are, wanting to be professional performers that doesn't, doesn't work uh, and invariably they won't do very well academically at school anyway they're kind of they will be um, they'll be the ones who find it difficult to engage with that process because they're too they're, they're too busy wanting to do <laughs> rather than yes, study
0: than study yeah. yeah I was very uninterested in the BA part
1: yeah.
0: um, at drama school and the whole reason, you know, I want to be at drama schools because I'm not interested in the academic yeah. side. So it's hard that they pressure them there to sort of be academic as well.
1: Well, we're trying to. I'm, I mean, I think whilst it's, uh, I think the argument has pretty much been won in the UK. It's new here because this is the first performing arts academy in the whole of the MENA, the Middle East North African region. The first mm. practical um Uh, professional performing arts academy where the the programs are taught in english there's obviously the institute of dramatic art in in egypt there's um, an institute of higher dramatic Art in qa there's the university of jordan which does theater courses in amman Um, and there's there's institutes in lebanon and, and around and about but they're all based on academic study for the most part Mm. with some practical elements whereas we're trying to push that idea that we are all practical with just a few academic elements
0: and I love that you're you're focusing and including everything which I felt in drama school we didn't have that so you 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 teaching them as well what it's like to be on camera tv and film and the audio part, you know, all of that is so important, yet we don't really have it. It's all kind of performance theatre-wise or on radio, but we don't get that skill that you need to be very small and very natural and very, you know, almost mumble <laughs> when you go and audition now to, to get any TV part, which is not what you're trained to do, really, uh, in our day, anyway, at drama yeah. school. Uh,
1: I I think having a wide range and it is skills based let's be clear about this is acting requires significant skills in the same way as musicians require um the the ability to be able to play an instrument well an actor has to be able to play their body and their voice Mm -hmm. that's that's how it works and the more versatility they have in relation to being able to play that Body and voice, regardless of the medium they're working in, um, so much the better. They have to be able to adapt very quickly to different styles of acting, because the medium that you're working in requires you to, um, to approach, approach it differently. Theatre requires a particular, you know, particular performance skills, and radio and television uh, require other skills. The fundamentals, the 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 kind of the underlying uh, skills, are the same, but the manifestation of those skills in each of those mediums is different.
0: And as an actor, you could discover you hate one medium and love the other. And I think drama school is a place you need to you know realize that, find out, find that out.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some some people um, have left drama school and not done or have done very little theatre. And yet that's been, uh, certainly in the UK, that was the majority of their experience.
0: Mm. I've recently taken a a workshop of um, auditioning self-tapes. And that's been really, really eye-opening because I didn't realise the difference of when you do a self-tape for a sitcom or a soap is very different than when you do it for a TV series. Um, And I was like, oh, I completely suit one genre much more than the other because I am a little bit over. You know, I don't do the subtle mumbling TV stuff. (laughs) I do more the the soap opera sitcom because I play a lot of characters. Um, So then, you know, you start understanding where you suit more. And then if you do focus more in that area, you can move on faster, I think, which I don't feel we had back then that knowledge
1: I I think and I think this is and I I think drama schools are changing now significantly changing but certainly in the 90s if you think about it when you were training when I was training that I I think I'm I might have only just mobile phone I think I would probably had my second mobile phone which was a brick you know,
0: I didn't have one. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, and we didn't have we didn't have computers yeah. for students to use or any of the kind of any of the technology that's around now. Mm. Um, and, and I think it was still the, the, the style of training was the same as it had been for 40 or 50 years.
0: I, definitely now, when I when I act with younger actors and have had the opportunity to, I see that they're working very early on. Even when they're still at drama school, they're allowed to start getting jobs and the, and the work experience while they're even training. And it happens all very quickly for them once they've graduated. Mm-hmm. Whereas with us, it was a real long kind of you know trying to get yeah. known and trying to get an agent. All of that was much much harder um now seems to be a much faster process so they start working quite early on which is great
1: uh, yeah but um i mean the downside of that is that you can get dropped pretty quickly as well is mm. that the number of people i've seen who've, who've had um really good starts because they're young and new yeah and they kind of come out of drama school and everybody wants to know them everybody wants to use them uh and then um and the next minute, they're um, they're they're handing out fly- flyers at a train station or something, mm. you know, having dressed having as gone a chicken, giving out whole, a
0: flyer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Having
1: having gone through a sort of a whole glamorous, you know, two years because they've been in a couple of films. Yeah. And then they come out, be- and then because they don't get picked up, because they no longer they're no longer flavor, you know. Yes. A flavor, if you like find it really really difficult to sustain um you know that portfolio career Mm. Uh, it's it's yeah it's very difficult for professional performers now and and not helped by covid at all
0: so peter is there anything you feel you've missed out on that you wished you had done (laughs) or you still hope to do
1: Um, play James Bond, but I think I'm a bit oh. old for that now. <laughs> <laughs> no, not really. No, I, uh, really? I, I, Come on. I've been very, I've been very lucky in what I've done. Um, I would have liked to, yeah, absolutely. You kind of go. I would have liked to have been in some major feature films, but um, this project is the the Sharjah Performing Arts Academy is a kind of dream really yeah I still keep pinching myself thinking here we are we're three years in we have students from all over the world we've got three programs running production arts musical theater acting we're in the most amazing building and uh, we're gradually building a team of you know, experts and expert tutors from all around the world. And I think the kind of the impact of the academy is going to be far reaching. I think it's mm. and to and to be involved in the start of something like this. It's yes. incredibly exciting. Yes. so Once we can in a dream. lifetime. Yeah, we can dream yeah. of
0: things that are sort of the... I don't know, you know what everyone dreams of. You think James Bond, because you don't yeah. know there are other <laughs> dreams that you could be dreaming of, like you know, being part of something huge like this. Um, yeah. You don't even know it exists as a dream till it happens.
1: Well, no, completely yeah. surprised and out of the blue. Yeah. If you'd have said to me ten years ago, you're, you know, in 2020 or in 2018 when it all started, you'll be in the Middle East. I'd have said, don't be crazy there's nothing out there for me yeah and
0: there you are it's funny yes well congratulations and and best of luck with with it it sounds amazing and i can't wait to visit and and see it for myself well as
1: soon as as soon as the world opens up rania you have to come and come and see us
0: yes and thank you so much for being with me today peter this has been such a pleasure
1: pleasure good to talk to you
0: Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode of Breaking Free, please share it with your friends or on your social media platforms. And of course, I'd really love it if you can subscribe, rate or review the show. You can reach me directly at raniakurdi.com if you would like to ask a question, comment on what you heard today or find out how I can support you on your journey.